Okay. Well, thank you uh, for sharing. And I, I just had a couple more things. And um, I try to every day um, ask myself, uh, where have I seen resurrection? Where have I seen new life? And we get so busy and I actually keep a little journal and I try to just keep some notes on, on that experience. And then once I start being intentional about that, I start noticing it, like all of you have mentioned, just seeing that newness of life and hope and promise and grace constantly. And it's just a, a good practice. You know, you might keep a journal or and just start noticing things. And uh, it changes how we interact with ourselves and one another as well. And this past Friday, one of my, my notes on uh, seeing resurrection, which was kind of odd because in the church liturgical year, it's, it's Good Friday. And it's supposed to be a very somber time and very just spending time with the death and uh, of Jesus. And, and so several of us met out at Cedar Grove Cemetery uh, to go on a, a Good Friday prayer walk. And the wind was still, was very still. And the sun was slipping behind Mesa Verde to the west of us. And we were there to remember Jesus's death and also just friends and, and loved ones who had passed away, our neighbors and parents and grandparents and just people whose lives have impacted not only ours, but our community and their lives, how their lives intertwine with what I call the, the grand narrative or, or the story of Christ. And so the graves and death was just surrounding us. In the evening, songbirds were kind of serenading us as our little band of pilgrims kind of, we were weaving in and out of Cedar Grove Cemetery among the graves. And we remembered a Leslie feast, and I'm sure some of you remember her from our church. And uh, she died a couple years ago and, and both of her parents uh, died when she was 19 years old and they died in a plane crash. And, and just thinking of the pain and the grief that she had to move through during the course of her life. And then we stopped uh, at Clay and Jean Bader's uh, graveside along with her daughter, Margie. And they were just leaders in our church and in our community. And just the impact that they had as far as just standing together. We stopped at Betty and Nodi Alexander's site. And, and by the way, our, our sites that we chose to stop at were just places that had benches that we could sit on if we wanted to rest. <laughs> that, that was, that's what dictated where we stopped to pause. And Betty was in Nodi. They had a son die before he was two years old. And to meet her later in life, she had just surrendered to, to God's will. And she learned through that pain just to say, not my will, but your will be done. And just learning to trust. And she just had this glow about her. And I don't know if any of you are old enough to remember, but George and Margaret Perkins. And I'm also very uh, thankful for them because they didn't attend our church. But in 1967, they died within a year of one another. They gave their house to the Methodist Church. And it's the house that Jennifer and I raised our kids in. And so I always like to thank them for that gift. They blessed us without even knowing us and so many others as well. And we stopped at John Simbeck's grave as well. And we sang songs and just prayed and listened. And the deer were grazing in the pilchers hayfield next to the cemetery. And the sunlight was dancing 
between the boughs of the juniper and the fir and the pinyon trees. And I love that time of evening when the, the light and the shadows, they interplay with one another. And so we walked quietly through the cemetery among the deceased, just being still and listening. And I was reminded of the verses while we were there. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? They are not here. And also Jesus's words today to Mary, whom are you looking for? Or what are you looking for? And those are good questions for us. And I think even today we ask that question to ourselves. What are we looking for in life? Whom are we looking for? And we might say resurrection. We want new life, abundant life. We want to experience change and, and, and become new. <clears throat> in my mood, and I can't speak for the whole group there, but it was just very quiet and, and still and peaceful. And I was filled with this appreciation, and I would even call it joy, for the blessings of God and creation all around us and all the saints and, and mentors, the companions who have enriched our lives and seeing Christ in them. And in that moment, at least for me, there was new life breaking into our Good Friday prayer walk. We just couldn't keep that light, that life out. There was just, it was just everywhere through the birds and the trees and the people gathered there. And so today on Easter Sunday here, we, we celebrate the gift of resurrection. Jesus is rising up from the grave. And as I mentioned, resurrection is coming back to life. Coming back into practice was another definition. I like that too. Resurrection is coming back into practice. And so our schools and our businesses and, and our restaurants as our places of worship, we have been shut down for, for quite some time. And you can just feel resurrection taking hold. We're coming back into practice. We're becoming new again. And this past year has been unlike any other, at least in my life, you know, with COVID-19 and just how it has changed everything and how it's decimated many of our, our communities and loved ones and friends have passed on. <clears throat> and this past year as well with the, the killing of George Floyd, we experienced riots and civil unrest. Now on June, January 6th, <clears throat> we remember the, those image of, images of the Patriots storming the US Capitol and attempting to take control. And through all of these events and circumstances in our life, <clears throat> we have tried to maintain our personal relationships with our spouses and friends and significant others, our siblings and our children and our neighbors. And old friendships have been strained quite often. And even some of our family relationships because of the divisions, there, there's tension there. And we're looking for new life, for healing, for resurrection. And I think we know that life is lived more in the valley than on the mountaintop. We know this. 
And this is why the resurrection of Jesus must be experienced as much more than a past historical event. Otherwise, it's, it's robbed of its impact on the present, on its ability to change and the power to change our lives and how we see things. So do we see hints of present risenness? Do we see those hints every day? Do we continue to experience the newness of life? And on that very first Easter morning, Mary Magdalene, while it was still dark out, arrives at Jesus's tomb. And the stone has been removed and the grave is empty. And Mary stands outside the tomb and she's weeping. She's grieving and she's in pain. And Mary is in the dark. And we know, especially after this past year, we know darkness very well. But I think a, a good question to ask, but do we know the light? Do we know the possibilities? And a man who she believes is the gardener speaks to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? For whom and what are we looking for today? And Mary says, well, tell me where he is and I will take him away. And then the gardener, who we know is really Jesus, calls her by name. And he says, Mary. And in that moment, there's resurrection. There's a deep intimacy that she shares with Jesus. He knows her name. She knows she is loved and cared for. And I think that's also what we're always looking for, just to know that someone cares deeply for us. Someone that we can share the intimacies of life with. And today on, on Easter Sunday, all of us know the devastation of hard darkness, of chaos and fear and brokenness and strife. But is today a new dawning for us? Do we know the transformational power of resurrection, of new life rising from the ashes of death, <clears throat> new life rising from this pandemic? St. Benedict said, always we begin anew. What a great mantra to live by. Always we begin anew with Christ. And St. Paul said, everything old has passed away. Everything has become new. And the dynamic power of the gospel flows from resurrection. It's central to our faith, that belief in resurrection and new life. And William Berry also said, we must train ourselves to pay attention to our experiences of life in order to, to discern the touch of God, present risenness, or the rumor of the angels. Because resurrection is all around us. And it's just learning to see with new eyes. Spring follows winter every year. The brown grass turns green. The flowers bloom, the birds sing songs, a child is born, the church gathers to sing and to pray, neighbors say hello, 
and they share life's stories with one another. A couple forgives one another. And pilgrims, they walk and pray and reflect together. We move from judgment and criticism to blessings and grace. We move from fear to love and experience the newness of life. And we discover that the veil between the living and the dead is a thin one. A red hawk appears on the horizon. An eagle stands watch. The sun rises each day. The spring snow nurtures Mother Earth. A child comes home. A matriarch blesses her offspring. Joy appears unannounced, just out of nowhere. We go, where did that joy come from? We experience the gift of forgiveness. We let go and we let God. We take a deep breath and experience heavenly silence. We have a day without a to-do list. The gardener calls us by name and we experience a deep intimacy. In the joy we share, none other has ever known. These are all experiences of resurrection. And it's just training our eyes to see and opening up our hearts to what is there. And the resurrection of Jesus is a gift for all of us to be lived. And it's all around us. And it is also within us. And may our hearts and minds and souls on this day be opened so that we can see and hear and experience the power, the love, and the peace of resurrection. Today, may we begin anew. Amen.